God, we just thank you for this time together, and we just thank you for this word, and thank you for this teaching on that we are the bride of Christ, and we just want to show today your preeminence, and 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 uh, hopefully uh, give some clarification of of some of what that means, a, a small part. We just thank you for coming in in Jesus' name, Amen. So I was praying about the prayer call, and and I told Elder Barbara that my eyes popped open Monday morning, and uh, these words came to me, preeminence, the preeminence, the preeminence. And then I hardly ever read my Bible out, but it just flashed before my eyes, and it said uh, Colossians 1, and it was talking about the preeminence. And I said, okay, because God, that was one confirmation to go ahead and do the prayer call. Because God wouldn't have gave me a word for the prayer call if I wasn't supposed to get on there. So that was, he, a lot of times when he speaks to me, he speaks through those kind of signs. And he'll confirm things with signs like that. And and I appreciate that about him. So he don't just leave me out there wondering. Um, but we're going to start with Colossians 1. And if someone will start reading at verse 15 through 18. Colossians 1, 15 through 18. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities. All things were created by him. Through 18. Oh, and he is before all things... And by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Okay. Um, so we see that that he has the preeminence. And, and what he showed me was three areas that he was preeminent in. One, it says in verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. So, why would we worship any other God? Any angels? Some people worship angels. Scientology, uh, 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 the moons, the stars, the numbers. Why would we worship anything else when it says right here, He's the firstborn of every creature? And all these other principalities and powers and rulers and wicked spirits were created by him and for him, and they're subject to him. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So we see, first of all, he's the firstborn of creation. I had never seen that before. He's the firstborn of every creature, the Bible says. So that gives him the right. That gives him, he's first. And so the scripture that came to me was Matthew six thirty three, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. So if God is first, if he's preeminent, why, is he, why isn't he first in our lives? Why doesn't he come first when I get up? Or does he come first when you get up? He is the beginning. He's the one that gets the tithes first. He gets the offerings first. He gets the worship before I worship, before I feed my flesh. He gets 
what he deserves out of me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 17, he says, And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Consist uh, simply means holds together. How has this ministry been held together all these years? By him. It says that, that by him all things consist. They're held together. Now here's the second, uh, the second way I saw where he's preeminent. Verse 18. It says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead that in all things he might have the preeminence. And I saw for the first time yesterday, Pastor Casey, when you look at verse 18, he says, he is the head of the body, the church. He, when he rose from the dead, he was the first of the church. It says right here, he's the head of the body, the church. He's the head of of death. All death is under his feet. Um, he, he died and he resurrected first. Yes. So because he resurrected first, then we all get to be resurrected. Yes. Amen. Yes. And it also put him over all death. Yes. It put him over all principalities. Yes. All things are subject unto him because he is the first one. And because he was the first of the created, he's the first uh, born of the dead, the first one resurrected. And Romans 8, 29 says he's the first born of the brethren. Let's look at Romans 8, 29. Hallelujah. Somebody say he's first. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So we've seen three scriptures right here where he's first. Colossians 1.15, he's the firstborn of the creation. Romans 8.29, he's the firstborn of many brethren. Colossians 1.18, he's the firstborn of the dead. He's the first one resurrected. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So him being firstborn of the brethren, what does that give him? That gives him the, the inheritance. The firstborn gets the inheritance, biblically speaking. The firstborn, they're, they're uh, in a privileged position, according to the Bible. So when he is the firstborn of many brethren... That means all authority, he gets all that first. All power, all authority, everything's going to come back and be reconciled to him. Through him, by him, for him, everything consists. He's the head of all principality. All of them were created for him. That's what the word says. So we don't have to fear. We don't have to, because... Because he went first, that means I can go first. That means I have all authority. That means Ephesians 2 says I sit in the heavenly places with him. I sit at the, 
I sit in the heavenlies with him. Hallelujah. Let's look at Ephesians 2. Thank you, Jesus. So somebody say, he's the preeminence. Ephesians 2. Let's see. I'm trying to see where it says we sit with him in heavenly places. I just read it um, yesterday. But we can look at Ephesians 1, 3. said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with the spiritual blessings, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So he's predestined us to sit with him in the heavenlies. Somebody say, he went first, so that means everything that he received, he's the first one of the brethren, he's the first of the created, he's the first that rose again. And and with him being my big brother, that means that I get all those things too. I get I get inheritance too. I get everything that he had. Amen. Mm-hmm. Acts two twenty four shows where he he's over death. Mm-hmm. Acts two twenty four. Whom God have raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. He defeated death. He rose from the dead. He was the first one. So because he did that, then that means I'm going to get to rise from the dead and live an eternal life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise for it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So let's go back to Colossians and see anything else we want to see. Someone have something to say about the preeminence? (laughs) <laughs> I just want to make sure I know what the preeminence really means. Um, can you look it up on the dictionary and let's let's read it. What does it mean? It means um wait that's she needs a microphone. I got I got okay. it. I just didn't even put it up to my mouth. Thank you. <laughs> the quality or state of being preeminent, it means superior. Mhm superiority and that's why I was saying while I go if all principalities and all powers are created for him why would we worship anything else because they're all subject to him amen it's kind of like Dr. Sorella why would I go under anybody but him when he he's he's as far as I'm concerned he's the prophet you know so um I don't look for anything, any other God, any other thing to sustain me but my God because he is the beginning. He's the first of all all creatures. He's the first that rose from the dead. He's the first of many brethren. So I don't have to look anywhere else. He's everything that I need. And also, um, that's what came to me when I was praying too, that he is the supreme being. You know, he couldn't even swear by nobody else because there wasn't nobody else to swear by. He had to swear by himself because there wasn't anybody else. So somebody say, I got a confident God. He don't, he don't even need anything. He just wants us. He wants fellowship with us. And 
But we have to. But if we're going to be the bride of Christ, then it's the same way that Ephesians talks about: wives submit to your husband. So we need to submit to God like He's our husband because we're His bride. So making that parallel as Christ in the church is like a marriage. Then I need to submit to Him. He's my husband, so that's why we submit. We submit because he's paid the price to be submitted to. You know, and and I know we submit either way, but isn't it wonderful to have something to submit to that someone actually did the work? (laughs) You know, so thank you, Jesus. He's the beginning. He's the first. He's he's the first. He, He is the first church. Because we just read it, that when he, when he conquered that death, he rose up the church. He says the church. So he's the first of the church. Um, so he's the one we follow. And really, he had to do it alone when you think about it. Jesus came for his bride. He came into the earth, and he, he's the first of many brethren. He's the first of the created. Then he died, and he rose again, and he really did. He had his disciples but he had to go down that path alone because they all left him. <laughs> so so he, he deserves to be worshipped as the beginning and the firstborn and, and the respect of that. And I don't need to give my allegiance to, to flesh or anything else. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. In uh, Colossians 2, verse 19, it says... Uh, well, I'll start with 18. It says, Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding unto those things which he have not seen, vanity puffed up by his fleshly mind. He says, Don't let these other things beguile you and cheat you of your reward because you're not holding the head, holding fast to the head from which all the body by joints and bands have a nourishment ministered and knit together, increaseth with the increase of God. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are you subject to the ordinances of the world? And he showed me this yesterday. He said, why, why do we put most of our time and our efforts in? Let's read verse 20. And I'm talking to myself. Verse 21, he, sa- he says in verse 20, Why, if you're dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are you subject to its ordinances? Touch not, taste not, handle not, which are all to perish with the using. So he says, why do we show more in the things that we can touch and see and the, the things of the earth than if we're dead with Christ, why do we give them more allegiance? He says, touch not, taste not, because those things are, those things are going to perish. And the whole point is to set our minds on heavenly things and not on earthly things. And, and one time I taught on that uh, when he says, set your affections above, he's saying your mind. If your mind is always about you, I saw it Sunday. I saw, I mean, I didn't see particular people, 
I might have did say something, but but God was showing me a revelation, and and I'm like, okay, so how come sometimes we might not be aware of things around us, mm-hmm. uh, and not meaning this to anybody or anything, but okay, people's code, five people's covering up. There's a man at the altar. I said, God, why don't we notice these things? And he showed me a vision of a person that lives in control, that they've always lived in control. Everything around them was control. And most until they break out of their self, they're not aware of anything but self. It's all about, and Julie's always said, it's all about this right here. And I said, what? And I just saw that. I saw like this whirlwind around people. They never came out of their self in the service. They never was aware of anything but self. And I said, God, and he said, that's because they grew up in an environment where everything was controlled around them, so they closed up in their self. And they became all about self just to be able to survive in that environment. So we want to break that. We want to be aware of the things around us. Amen? Somebody said, I want to be aware I want to be aware. I want to come out of myself. I want to be aware, God. I want to know that there's somebody at the altar struggling and they need prayer. I want to know that that um, I want to be aware of my surroundings. I want to know there's visitors sitting in the back crying and shaking. And, and one day Julie said, so-and-so, isn't this your sheep? Come get them. They was back there just Losing it all by themselves. And God, why? Because we live in a circle of control when we're like that. And we, we hardly ever come out of ourselves. It's all about self. It's all about God's going to work on me one more time. I'm going to get this new breakthrough, you know. Um, so God help. So y'all see that? You see that self-awareness? You see where it Sometimes when we were children, we went in that little shell. And then some of us hadn't, never really came out of it. So we're not aware of other things. Amen? But he says, why are you subject to those things? The touching and the tasting and the handling of things on the earth, which are all going to perish with the using. Chapter 3, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, whether Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. So really, my mind should never be on me. (laughs) Ever. It shouldn't be on my next deliverance or breakthrough or any of that. It should be on him because he's the supreme one, not me. And I heard, I think it was T.D. Jakes last night. I didn't go to sleep till like 5.30. And so I listened to a lot of preaching, like three or four messages. And he said something about, he said, don't ever be arrogant. He said, because as soon as you're arrogant, you're going to make a stupid decision and you're going to fall and you're going to look real... You're not going to look 
superior anymore. Because in all that arrogance, one day you're going to make the wrong decision. Because somebody say, I'm not the head. I can't keep it together. (laughs) (laughs) By me, everything don't consist. Everything don't consist for me, and it ain't about me. Hallelujah. It's about him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's about him, God. Yeah, make us aware of our surroundings. Make us aware of things happening around us.